Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome into the Golf event this week. And if you're tuning in for maybe the first time in a while, or you've just been playing DFS golf, betting on golf the last year or two, maybe you're not as familiar because this event did not happen last year. It's a WGC match play. The match play, the Dell Championship. It's in Austin, Texas, my soon-to-be home in about a month or a month and a half. So any of you Austinites out there, any of you Texans, reach out to your boy. Holla at your boy. We'll grab some drinks, some food, have a good time. But it's a match play, and oh, baby. Oh, baby, it is March Madness for golf. That is right. This is a bracket. This is a bracket starting on Wednesday morning, not Thursday. Wednesday morning, where there's going to be the winner. The winner and the second-place player will be playing seven rounds of golf in five days. Yes, this is a whole different animal. This is a totally different beast this week, and we're here to break it down to you so you know exactly what not to do. A lot of people are going to make major mistakes this week. You cannot just look at the DraftKings salaries and build a lineup. No, you cannot. Let's actually look at what the bracket is right off at the start so you can have an idea of why I'm saying that. You cannot be playing players that are in the same groupings. You might not know what that means right now, but don't worry about it. We'll talk you through it. And if you're on the YouTube version, you'll get to visualize through it. Don't worry on the podcast. We'll be able to talk you through it. On the screen right now is a bracket and it's zoomed out. So it's hard to see. Don't worry. We're about to zoom in. This is the bracket and this is how it's going to play out. Yes, this is a totally different animal, right? It's not just guys making the cut and then guys going from there. There's no cut this week. Every single day basically is kind of playing into a cut. So five rounds of golf. Let's zoom in on one of the tiers. It's just like March Madness where you're going to be having four different uh, regions, if you will. Let's zoom in on the top region right here in the top left corner where DJ, Dustin Johnson, is the number one overall seed in this bad boy. It's banked based on the world golf rankings. There is 64 total golfers in this field. So you can see on the screen right now, we have that top region, that Dustin Johnson region zoomed in on. So what you see here is just four groupings in each region. We can zoom in yet again. So again, stay with me. We can zoom in yet again to just Dustin Johnson's foursome. They're going to be put in foursomes on Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, each player in their foursome, so four people per little pod, if you will, grouping, will play each other. If you beat that person, the match play, right, you will get one point. If you tie with them, you will get a half a point. If by for some reason at the end of this in one of these four pairings, Dustin Johnson, Kevin Na, Robert McIntyre, and Adam Long are in group one, if somebody ties with the same amount of points, they'll go into a sudden death one whole round to move on to the next round. So once again, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will be the group play. Somebody will eventually, after playing all everybody in their group, somebody will eventually move on to the round of Sweet 16, the next round, and then after there, it's sudden death. There's going to be Saturday, two rounds of golf. The Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 will happen on Saturday. The final four will happen on Sunday right here with the championship. What you're seeing on the screen behind me is a bracket made by Rick Gaiman, at Rick Gaiman, Rick Run Good on Twitter. Rick Run Good is his website. Be sure to be checking it out. He offers a lot of fantastic tools. He's an awesome follow. He does some stuff with CBS, a lot of stuff with CBS on their live platform. He is great. He is a Swiss Army Knight in the golf space, betting, DFS, just the general landscape of knowledge of golf. Be sure to check him out. I'll link up his recent video for this week, which will have this chart right here. You can use it on your own rights for Google Sheets. We'll have it pinned up in his video, so I'll link up that video down below. So once somebody comes out of here, so for example, and then we'll get into the DraftKings pricings and all that, and we'll kind of play with both of these. But if Dustin Johnson was to beat Kevin Na, Robert McIntyre, Adam Long, he doesn't have to beat all of them, but if he was to beat two of them and that was enough points to move on, well, then he would go to the Sweet 16, and this is how that would look, right? So that's what it would happen. You have the next group down here. You have Sanjay Im in Group 16, Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, Russell Henley. Not a very loaded group by any means. Let's just say Russell Henley was to win that group. He would then move on on Saturday morning to face Dustin Johnson. And whoever won that would go to the Elite Eight and so on and so forth. So this is what's very important. Some people this week are going to make mistakes. There's going to be people that roster Dustin Johnson and Kevin Na in the same lineup. That is absolutely terrible. 
Why is that terrible? Because only one of them is going to get to play on Saturday and Sunday. So no matter what, one of them is going to miss out on an extra round of golf and if not more rounds of golf if they continue to win, right? And also with Dustin Johnson and Kevin Knopf facing each other, we know that one of them is going to have to beat the other one. So the upside of getting more wins and more availability to move on to the next round is not there. So you should not be putting in your lineup guys in the same pod. You should be aiming ideally to get all four of the golfers that make the final four right here, right? These brackets, these four golfers that will get into this final four. If you have all four of them in your lineup, you're going to be in a very good spot. You should be mainly looking at player pools that get to the Sweet 16. Those final 16 golfers, ideally the final four and final eight, if you can have them in your lineup, you're going to have a lot of upside at winning. One way to beat a lot of people who won't be paying attention to this bracket, watching content like this this week, is to just avoid people that are in the same pods and maybe even avoiding people in the lineup that will even face each other in the Sweet 16. So for example, not having Dustin Johnson and Russell Henley in your lineup because you're already capping your ceiling because only one of them can get to the Elite Eight and then only one of them can have Sunday rounds of golf so we can zoom in here because this is kind of a nicer better view for you but this is how it's going to be played it's going to be played this way it's on a par 71 course it's about 7100 yards so it's not that long so everybody's going to be in play here bombers can do their thing if they really want to to get someone of an advantage and if you don't have that much distance on you it's also fine now in the past we've seen kevin kisner this event was not played last year kevin kisner won as a deep seed two years ago but before that it was a lot of one seeds a lot of two seeds a lot of top five seeds getting into that final four makes sense because they're the good golfers like you usually see with March Madness, the NCAA tournament. So this is a lot of fun. This is a fun event. We can kind of jump back and forth between this bracket. I'll fill it out as I go. Spoiler alert. These were actually my first two picks right here, Dustin Johnson and Russell Henley in those specific pods to be the first two golfers to get to the Sweet 16. We'll go through the whole bracket, right? You can go through the entire bracket. If there's any games you want to play and follow this bracket, you can. But I just want to give you an idea of how I'm personally laying out my player pool. So you can see right here, this is basically depending on how I see guys getting through the brackets, getting through that first round. If I think that there's a toss up in that first round, like, hey, maybe I do think Kevin Na has a pretty 50-50 chance with Dustin Johnson compared to Adam Logan, Rob McIntyre. Maybe he's in my player pool as well as sort of a cheaper option because if he could just beat DJ, it's kind of an easy sale after that because this round of 16 is not great, right? Your toughest competition right now based on recent form is probably Russell Henley. And Kevin Na can beat Russell Henley any day, right? So if he can just get through Dustin Johnson, and honestly, at the end of the day, Kevin Na doesn't even have to beat Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson can actually beat Kevin Na, then he can lose to both Rab McIntyre and Adam Long and just eject himself from a tournament, and all Kevin Na has to do is then beat those other guys, and he now has more points than Dustin Johnson. You see how that plays out? So you can actually move to the next round without even beating that other higher-ranked player in your division. So it's it's very interesting. It's very in-depth. You just don't want to get guys in the same pod, and you want to get guys that will move forward, right? You want to get guys that can move forward even more and take advantage of some of the weaker, weaker divisions, if you will, in groupings. So with that said, let's kind of just fill out that first round of brackets here, and then you can kind of get an idea of where I have guys moving forward, because there's a lot of strategy this week, but looking at the DraftKings salaries right off the bat doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for me to talk to you about, oh, I like Justin Thomas this week if I don't like the side of the bracket he's on or his individual groupings, because there's some uh, death groups, if you will, some very loaded golfers in some fields, which I think makes it obviously a lot tougher. You have three gruesome rounds of golf for guys like maybe a Justin Thomas or a Xander against tougher opponents than you will for some other guys like maybe a Dustin Johnson where his toughest competition is going to be literally Kevin Na and Russell Henley. So we can go over to the bracket right now and you can see I have Dustin Johnson and Russell Henley to start this thing off. Again, if you're looking for the DraftKings picks, they're going to come, but let's just slowly fill out the bracket so I can give you an idea of where I'm at. In group nine, you have uh, these guys on the screen you can see right now, Simpson, Webb, Paul Casey, 
uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Taylor Gooch. I'm going to be going to Paul Casey here. The way that this man is firing, just top fives like every single week right now, the way that he's firing from an irons perspective, it is uh, something to be loved. And in order to get through this a little bit quicker, I'll kind of pull up my final bracket already. So you can see that I have Hatton going through from group eight. He just has to beat some other guys, Westwood, Garcia, Wallace. So some guys in that range right now, but we'll kind of just go through the guys that I have. So I currently have right now, the way that I have this setting up is I have Bryson, Tony Finau getting to the, the sweet 16. So out of the group play, Abraham Anter and Max Homa. So this is a very interesting group right here. Answers group and group group 13. It has like Victor Hovland. It has Anter himself, Streelman, uh, Williamsberger. There's not that many great players here. Like Hovland's fine. He's been playing well. His irons are fantastic. But Anter has really been clicking as of late. So Anter this week from a DFS perspective, I do like. I do like Anter a good amount. So Anter for me is actually going to become a yes because I have him moving forward to the next round and he's only $7,700. And I think he has a lot of upside to continue to move forward as well. Anter's approach play has been dynamite. Now the putter is the concern, but even with that, the approach play, the around the green, the tee to green, gaining 8.6 and seven strokes tee to green and back-to-back events right now. He's gained with his irons right now, and he, we know he's a very accurate player, so he can keep himself out of troubles. Those bogeys, those double bogeys, things that can completely ruin his potential at moving on. So I like answer. Next up, I have Max Homa. Homa's in a decent group. Billy Horschel, JT Poston. You have Colin Morikawa. I do think Colin Morikawa, clearly the number four player in the world, has the advantage here. But the way that Max Homa is playing, he missed the cut at the players, fine. He had a bad week just overall there. It wasn't anything crazy. He just wasn't scoring as well as others. But this has been a very good player. Now, both Colin Morikawa and also Max Homa are going to be my player pool this week. We can go back over to the DraftKings pricing right here. And I know we're moving around a little bit, but it's a wonky week. You're going to get all the information that you need. Morikawa is currently not in a player pool. If you think Morikawa can win and go all the way to the final four, I really do think that he can based on obviously his upside. The putter is the one thing that can let him down though, but he's an accurate driver. He has the irons for a shorter course. This obviously can work out well for Morikawa, a guy who dominates these par 70s and par 71s. So at 10,400 though, I just don't think he has the easiest of groupings, right? Compared to some other guys that we're going to be talking about. I don't think he has anywhere near the easiest of groupings when he's going to have to beat in his own group, Billy Horschel, Max Homa, and then have to beat one of an Abraham Anser, Victor Hovland. Those are all pretty quality golfers. A lot of like top 35, top 25 golfers right in that kind of range he would have to take down. It's just much harder for him. And then between Anser and Homa, I think it's a coin flip. They're both in a player pool for me. You're getting them both in the 7K range, which is why I like them. No matter what, you'll get one of them to move on to the next round. I personally picked Max Homa to go on to the Elite Eight. It doesn't matter which one that you want to pick. Obviously, you want more rounds that weekend, Saturday and Sunday golf out of them. So either one of those guys will be a coin flip to get to the Elite Eight for you. You can see some other options here. I have Bryson getting out of his group. He does have a tough matchup. Siwoo Kim can get hot and Tommy Fleetwood playing better with his approach play lately, but I'll take Bryson. Bryson's approach, his putting, everything is just caliber right now. He's the number five player in the world. I, I Arguably, he can be the number one player in the world the way he's playing right now. Tony Fino got a really easy group in group 12. Sure, sure you have a young Wills Altores, can't get his game all in order. Jason Kokrak has so many just ways to just absolutely obliterate his game and not get onto that next round. And then Dylan Fratelli playing a little bit better as of late, but nowhere near as consistent as Fino. So that's kind of the chalk there, taking Bryson and Fino, but I'm okay with that to get to the Sweet 16. So you can see where I'm at on this side of the bra bracket right now. I have Homa versus Bryson to go to the final four. I have Bryson going to the final four. I have Paul Casey going all the way out, beating Hatton in the round of 16. Paul Casey right now, like we mentioned, finishing basically top five everywhere. Paul Casey is one of my favorite plays. I have him even beating Dustin Johnson in that Elite Eight to get to the final four right now. Either way, Dustin Johnson's in a player pool for me. Paul Casey's in a player pool for me. But Paul Casey is going to be my only yes in the 8K range right now, and he's one of my two only yeses in the 8 and 9K range. I like Paul Casey a lot. I think he got a very good draw this week, if you will. He's currently opening up, if you want to see just the field that he's in, he's opening up in a pretty easy bracket, in my opinion. He comes out and he basically just has to beat Webb Simpson, who's been struggling as of late. And then his only competition, if Hatton moves on to the next round, is Hatton, in my opinion. It's Matt Wallace, Sergio, and Westwood. So if somebody, somehow, if somehow Hatton loses in that first round, like Lee Westwood's his toughest competition. That's fine for Paul Casey. So I think he gets an easy draw to the Elite Eight if he can get out of his grouping stage. And then after that, he just has to beat Dustin Johnson, which is a tall task for sure. But even if he was to lose in the Elite Eight, 
paid at that price point and score pretty nicely for you, that's not bad for the amount of rounds of golf at the very floor that you get out of Paul Casey. And he clearly has the upside the way that the irons are clicking right now, the way that Paul Casey's putter is actually working, which is not something that we say most of the time out of Paul Casey. Three out of his last four events, he's gaining strokes putting and some major strokes putting, like over five strokes at the Players' Championship. He's finished eighth, fifth, tenth, and fifth on the PGA Tour this year with nice events also overseas right now. Paul Casey's game, I don't think it's ever been this hot. I don't think Paul Casey has ever played uh, the past month or two of golf the way he has right now with everything clicking for him. So Paul Casey's one of my favorite plays, and that makes sense as I have him getting to the Elite Eight, if you will. The rest of the guys in the AK range, if we kind of jump back and forth, not much stands out here for me. Hatton, of course, if he's able to beat Paul Casey, will kind of take that same Paul Casey route for me. Uh, And then we can talk about some of these other guys on the other side of the bracket when we get there. If we go back up to the upper range, Dustin Johnson is an interest to me. I have him getting to the Elite Eight, so he's definitely in a player pool for me, but I just have Paul Casey beating him out there. Bryson, we already touched on. I have Bryson getting to the final four as well, so he's a yes for me. I know he's chalk. I know he's going to be 10,900. He's actually a pretty decent price point considering the price points of some other guys around him. Like, I mean, you have Morikawa at 10-4. You have DJ much more expensive. Justin Thomas is even more expensive. So you can see that I have Paul Casey taking on Bryson. I actually have Bryson then going on and winning and finding himself in the championship round. Now let's move over to the other side of the bracket where we can somewhat quickly go through it. In group two, you have Justin Thomas being the number two seed. You can see it on the screen right now. I have JT coming out of that group. It is a tough group, no doubt about it. Kevin Kisner, the defending champ, two years ago here, is in this group. Matt Kuchar, who has played here well, but has a terrible game right now. And even Louis in here, who has some really big upside points to his game if he can just get the irons to be clicking. But I have JT winning that group. And then you have the death group. The Jordan Spieth got his way group, if you will. You have Matthew Fitzpatrick, Matthew Wolf, Corey Connors, and Jordan Spieth. Honestly, a very evenly matched group for how everybody has been playing as of late. Jordan Spieth might be a popular pick this week, so I'm going to stay away from him here. I'm taking Corey Connors to come out of that group to face Justin Thomas in the Sweet 16. So you can see right here, I have Corey Connors as a yes because he's so cheap. He's $7,800. I have him getting to the Sweet 16 against Justin Thomas. And don't worry, I'll go over all of my DraftKings interests once we kind of get through the bracket play, but this is how it's going to work out. This is kind of the whole idea of the match play. It's a lot of golf. It's a lot of wacky stuff as well. You just want to get those guys who go as further as possible. You're going to be a lot of people just by not duping the guys that are kind of in the same pods as each other. As of right now, going down a little bit more, I have Patrick Cantley winning his bracket. I mean, he's got some decent golfers, Hideki, although I just trust the consistency of Cantley. And then I have Patrick Reed coming out of his bracket and basically taking down Bubba Watson and Neiman in that bracket in that group seven. So I have Patrick Cantley versus Patrick Reed. I then have Patrick Reed getting the better of him going to the Elite Eight. I actually took Corey Connors over Justin Thomas. I think these guys gain set up pretty similar, right? Justin Thomas, obviously the higher ceiling player, but Corey Connors has kind of fixed some holes in his around the green play and his putting. And we know that JT's weakness is his putter. It could also be his ceiling play when he has it going similar to a Colin Morikawa. So I'll take Corey Connors and Patrick Reed to go into that grouping in that brackets elite eight. I then have Patrick Reed beating Corey Connors to go to the final four. If we scroll down a little bit more here, you can see some of the final groups. Xander will be a very popular pick because his group is not that great. I mean, Andy Sullivan is in his group, right? Jason Day, who is one of the biggest hot and cold players and more so hot than cold lately. And then Scotty Scheffler. I am personally trying to get leverage here in some lineups and I'm going with Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler is one of the biggest boomer bust players. He'll either shoot a plus seven or he'll be the number one leading scorer after one event here and absolutely blow some guys out of the water. Xander is no doubt about it, the more consistent player. And I do think Xander wins more times than not, but I think the ownership will reflect that. So I have Scotty Scheffler winning his group. Rory McIlroy joins a very nice grouping here, right? It's Cam Smith. It's Ian Poulter. It's Lanto Griffin. It's honestly a decently easy grouping for him. Cam Smith's playing well. Lanto 
was pretty consistent, but from a ceiling standpoint of consecutive wins, being able to win two times in three days on this, I think Rory has the best upside there, especially given the competition he'll be facing. And then the final pairing, I have Daniel Berger coming out of his group and John Rahm coming out of his group. John Rahm got the easiest group. I mean, he's got Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry, and Sebastian Munoz. If you watch Shane Lowry last week, it looked terrible. Sebastian Munoz game, the approach play has come back a little bit lately, but for the most part, all over the place. Ryan Palmer at some courses can get it going. Some of these par 70s, par 71s, right? But I'm not going to be taking him here by any means, but a top 25 player in the world, world, sure. But he's more so a guy who's going to get you those top 10s and top 15s and not beat two guys in this right here. So once I had that done, I have John Ron beating Berger. I have Scotty Scheffler actually defeating Rory, who's been somewhat inconsistent. And that's where I'm going to get a little bit different here. I have John Ron going to the final four, Scotty Scheffler to the elite eight. So to sum all of that shit up that we just talked about, I currently have the final four of John Ron, Patrick Reed, as you can see on the screen right now, I'll zoom out a little bit more so you can see them all. Right now on the screen, Paul Casey, Bryson, John Rahm, and Patrick Reed. I like this. I got a bunch of guys who are playing very well. I have a bunch of guys who are closers in my opinion, especially Reed, Rahm, and Bryson. What I have in my championship is John Rahm versus Bryson. Oh, Sal, that's so chalky. All right, well, I got different in some other spots, right? And chalk wins this most of the time. The good golfers are going to beat the bad golfers most of the time. I have John Rahm beating Bryson in the match play. John Rahm winning the Dell Championship in Austin this week. So now, with all of that said, and you can start to pause the video and see where I have guys at certain points. I will personally prioritize guys that I have obviously getting out of the group stage into the Sweet 16 and even more prioritize guys that are getting to the Elite 8 as yeses. I will also stay cognitive as we go through the DraftKings salaries that there are some guys that in their first grouping can win. If Kevin Na beats Dustin Johnson and doesn't even have to beat him like we said earlier, but just comes out of that group, it's kind of easy pickings right away for Kevin Na to potentially get to the Elite 8 because then he just has to beat a Mark Leishman, a Sanjay M, or a Russell Henley. Their skill sets are somewhat far off in terms of rankings, but it's not that widely far off. So I understand that there's some really nice paths for certain golfers that they can just get out of their group. So I will keep that in mind while we go through some of the salaries. So we can start all the way up right here in the 10K plus range. DJ, I have getting to the Elite Eight. I like him. I think his group is relatively easy outside of Kevin Na. I think that he's a decent play to be in your player pool to get out of his grouping. Justin Thomas, I currently have him getting out of what is a weak grouping. So if you want to make him a maybe, I have him as a no because I like some guys below him. You can make him that, but I have him getting beat by Scotty Scheffler after that. He can easily beat Scheffler. So there's a clear path for him. Obviously, he's a top seeded guy. But I think the easiest paths right now are for Bryson and John Rahm. I mean, Bryson's toughest task will be Tony Finau, who is somebody who literally has been scapegoated as a guy who cannot close. Parts of it are for his fault. Parts of it are because Webb Simpson and some other guys can just boat race him from behind and play absolutely fantastic golf. So I like Bryson in that grouping like we talked about. Everything with Bryson is clicking, right? His approach play, he's coming off of an event where he gained five strokes with the approach. It's just OD when you compare that to his off the tee play. His approach play is like leaking into his around the green play because he's just breaking the stroke scheme database. His putter has been fantastic. I like that. John Ron, we talked about how he probably drew the easiest group, right? He's got Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry, and Sebastian Munoz. And then after that, the toughest opponent he could possibly get is Daniel Berger if Daniel Berger comes out of that grouping. Berger's been great. Berger is very underratedly a guy who can close and actually win and keep his composure. He's kind of a dog coming from behind. But so is John Rom. So I'll take John Rom there. If the toughest opponent that John Rom will have to face before the Elite Eight is Daniel Berger, I mean, that's just, I'll take those percentage chances that he can get to that next round based on the Vegas odds, based on the world ranking, based on the skill sets. So John Rom and Bryson, clearly the guys that I have going to the championship, I'm going to be very interested in. They're in play for me. Rory, I also think drew a pretty nice draw himself. I mean, the toughest opponent will be Xander Shoffley that he'll have to face. A very worthy opponent. I currently don't have Xander getting out of that round. After that, the toughest task outside of Xander for Rory to get to the Elite Eight would be in his own grouping from guys like Lonto and Cam Smith. Nice spot for Rory, but I prefer Bryson and John Rom. And there's only 64 golfers, so we just pretty quickly covered like eight of them. Let's now go to the nine carry range, where I don't like much here. I like Cantley to get out of the first round, but as we as you saw, I have Patrick Reed beating Cantley, and then I have Patrick Reed moving on to the final four. So I'll choose Reed there. It's just as simple as Cantley beating Reed, though, on Saturday for Cantley to have a very 
nice, easy path for the Final Four. So that's why he's in a player pool for me. Hovland, I don't have getting out of his group. Jordan Spieth will probably be a sexy play this week because Jordan Spieth drew a pretty nice grouping, right? Matthew Fitzpatrick, the king of the top 12s, top 15s, the guy who rarely shows you his ceiling performance is going to be the leader, the highest ranked guy in his group. Fitzpatrick currently ranks right now 15th overall. Then you have Spieth at 49th. You have Corey Connors at 37th and you have Matthew Wolf as 20th. So that's a pretty, I would say, evenly paired or evenly skilled and honestly the closest grouping, the most uh, well-rounded grouping, I would say. I have Corey Connors coming out of that one. You want to take Spieth, that's fine. I'm currently not getting there. Tony Finau, I have coming out and losing to Bryson. Tony Finau's toughest competition is Bryson and that's tough competition. But after that, he has the benefits of a very inexperienced, right? Victor Hovland, Abraham Anter is experienced, but not so much in closing, right? He has the benefits of somewhat of an easy bracket to get through. So Finau is going to be in a player pool for me. I just much prefer as it stands right now, the Bryson getting to the finals. Berger, very similar situation to Finau. I have Berger getting to that sweet 16. I have Berger then losing to John Rahm, the better golfer, similar to Finau. If one of those flip though, clearly I want them in a player pool. I'm getting them out of their group stage. So I'll take them definitely in a player pool. If a guy gets out of the group stage and I think he gets out of there or has a decent chance to get out of there, he'll make that final cut for me in terms of a player pool to try and then skim down to my eight golfers. We already talked about the 8K range. I like it a lot. I like Paul Casey here in this range. The way that he's been playing lately with his irons is just absolutely fantastic. The way that he's been putting lately is great. In his last four events, he's gained 6.2, 7.5, 4.6, and 9-point strokes gained tee to green. That's the best that we've seen out of Paul Casey dating back the last 10 years that I can find, not counting European stuff and overseas because we don't have that data. Sun JM, these other guys I don't have getting out of their bracket. Hatton, I can easily see. It's, it's the combination, right? Hatton, I have losing to Paul Casey. If Hatton beats Paul Casey, there's a very easy path for Hatton to get to the final four and face whoever comes out of Bryson's side of the bracket. After that, some one-off options like a Jason Day, who likely won't be highly owned, is appealing to me. A Neiman, who has the ceiling and the skill set to get you there. But in this AK range, it's pretty easily going to come down to Paul Casey and Hatton and probably whoever wins that pairing if they both get out of their group. To the 7K range we go, and please do hit the like, subscribe, do those things. If you're still here right now to this point in the video, check out Price Picks. Price Picks is a player prop site where you can take the over-under on fantasy points, on, ter- on potential stats for these golfers, birdies, pars, bogeys, those types of things. It's linked down below. You want to check it out. I encourage you to. It's a ton of fun. We'll have projections on our end that you can check out in the description below over on Patreon. We'll have projections for this wacky event. We'll have ownership for this wacky event. We'll have a bunch of stuff for you to check out. Rankings, rated players, all linked down below on Patreon, but that will help you with prize picks. If you want to use the code SAL, you'll get a free money bonus up to hundred bucks. Again, that code SAL, S-A-L, you put 20 in, they'll give you 20 back. You put 50 in, they'll give you 50 back. You want to be a heavy hitter, a kingpin, a head honcho, and put hundred dollar rooskies in, smack it right back with the hundred dollar rooskies. You now have 200 bucks in your account. Thank you, prize picks for sponsoring the show. Thank you, prize picks for giving away them free dollar rooski bonuses. Again, it is linked in the description below. That code SAL will let them know that you came from me. The 7K range. I like Scotty Scheffler. I have him right now getting to the Elite Eight. I'm actually going to make Scotty Scheffler a yes. I think this upper 7K range has a shit ton of upside. The mid to upper 7K range this week. So you have Scotty Scheffler, who if he can just take down JT, if you will, he's going to have a pretty nice path to getting to clearly the Sweet 16, but then obviously the Elite Eight as well, that weekend golf. Go down a little bit more. I do think Fleetwood comes from a grouping where if he could beat Bryson, there's a clear path, obviously, for him to get to the Sweet 16 if he beats Bryson and that group, and then to the Elite Eight. So there's upside there for how Fleetwood has been playing as of late, the way that his approach play has been firing lately. And then we scroll down a little bit and you get to this groupings. I have Corey Connors getting into that Elite Eight. I like Connors. I have Abraham Answer losing to a Max Homa in the Sweet 16, but he could just as easily beat Max Homa. Let's be honest here. Answer has a very good skill set in terms of hitting the fairways and being accurate and not blowing his game up. So he's going to be a yes as 
well for me. We scroll down some more. Kevin Kisner is grouping all the way up top. I can see him coming out of that grouping with JT. I would not be doubted by that. He's a defending champion here. Russell Henley has a nice option to get to the Sweet 16. I currently have Russell Henley getting into the Sweet 16. Again, we currently have Henley beating his pairing, which is not a very strong group, right? It is Mark Leishman who's been struggling off the tee and just all over the place lately. It's Victor Perez who's one of the worst golfers in this event right now. And then it's Sanjay who has been very, very inconsistent to say the least. Russell Henley is recent form-wise the best golfer in his range. So at that price point, I think you're getting a nice price point at 7,500. Homa, Homa's a guy that we like. We have Homa getting to the Elite Eight. So yes, either way, I have Homa getting out of his grouping. Who does Homa have to beat? JT Poston, who's been brutal as of late, right? Billy Horschel, who is up and down. And I mean, he gets in his own head. He's an absolute maniac, right? And then Colin Morikawa. Morikawa is clearly the big one here, right? But Homa, his game all around, if you want to take it there, Homa has been just as consistent as Morikawa this year, right? They both have a victory. Homa's finished top 10 in a bunch of places. Homa being ranked 35th in the world, sure, that takes into account last year and years before that's results. But if you just want to look at this year specifically, yes, Colin Morikawa would be a top five golfer borderline this year, but Homa would probably be a top 15 golfer if you just wanted to rank it this year specifically. So it's closer than people think. I think Homa at that price range, he's probably the cheapest guy who has one of the two cheapest guys who has the most upside, Homa at 7,400 because of how easy the bracket is after that. The group 13 that he would have to face is not that difficult at all. I'll pull it back up onto the screen right now. Group 13 is on the screen right now. It's Hovland, Abraham Anser, uh, Bernard Wiesberger, and Kevin Streelman. That is if Homa can get through his group. Again, he doesn't have to beat Morikawa. He can win two of his events, lose to Morikawa, and Morikawa can still not move on. If Homa gets out of his bracket, his toughest competition is probably Abraham Anser or Hovland. His current game is similar or better than those two guys right now. So there's a lot of upside for the potential of what can happen to Max Homa. If we we scroll down a little bit more. Not a lot of guys stand out here. Siwoo Kim can definitely get hot. Harris English, the game is all over the place. Billy Horschel can come out of his pod, and I would not be shocked. But Kevin Na, somebody we've talked about at some pretty decent depths. If Kevin Na can get out of his group, doesn't have to beat DJ, just gets out of that group. I think he has a lot of upside too. I mean, just getting to the Sweet 16 is great for the price point of $7,100. No doubt about that. But he has a lot of upside to even move past that because it's not that tough of a group right below him. Again, if Kevin Na was to get out of his group, he would have to beat one of whoever comes out of the Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, Russell Henley and Sanjay in group. That's not that tough of a group. He might even be like a, a, a minus 110 favorite in some of those matchups, depending on who they are. He's definitely going to be a favorite against Perez. And I would assume Leishman could potentially even be a favorite against Henley and Sanjay, depending on how those first couple of rounds go. So Kevin, now we have is a maybe. I don't have him getting out of the first round. That's why he's a maybe, but he could just as easily be a yes, because all he has to do is get out of that first round and he can really start steamboating his way. He has some nice finishes, a top 10 here back in 2019. Now to get to the 6K range, I'll be honest with you, there's not much. Lanto's game has been nice, but Lanto does find himself in a pretty tough side of the bracket. I mean, in his own grouping individually right here in group 11, he's got Rory and Cam Smith. He even has Ian Poulter, who struggled as of late, but still, if, he, if that's the worst guy in your group, I mean, it's not an Andy Sullivan or a Victor Perez, right? It's still a pretty decent golfer. So it's just a tough group for Lanto. He is somebody, though, that does stand out because he can score in this group. He's good on approach. He's good with the putter. He's one of the top, I would say, 25 birdie or better players in this field. And then after that, although these guys are cheap, I don't have a lot of interest. I really don't. Like Kevin Struman at 6,300, not playing great lately, stands out a little bit. JT Poston, basically just targeting these guys who are decent golfers in weaker pods, right? So Kevin Streelman, JT Poston. Streelman's grouping, if you remember, was that answer Bernard Wiesberger, Victor Hovland grouping. Would not be shocked if Streelman came out of that side of it. You can see right here on the screen. But there's nothing else after that. There's a lot of guys down here that I don't like. There's a lot of guys that I don't think have a lot of upside. I do think that Dylan Fertelli could be a potential option. His grouping outside of the guy who stands out clearly, clearly as the favorite in his group. In Tony Finau, after that, it's Jason Korkrak, it's Will Zaltors, and then it's Dylan Fertelli. I think that Fertelli has the second best chance behind Finau. Finau, 
again, not a guy who's known for closing, not a guy who's known for hitting big putts could potentially, potentially blow that. So Fratelli will be in play as well, but not not much down here. At $6,000 and below, give me Lonto, give me Dylan Fratelli, give me Kevin Streelman. Those are the main guys that I like in that range. To recap the 7K range, there's a lot to like here. There's Scotty Scheffler, there's Abraham Anser, there's Corey Connors. A lot to like, a lot of potential here. I would say that my favorite options in this range, factoring in the cheaper price points, are probably going to be in this order right now. Max Homa, Corey Connors, Kevin Na, and Abraham Anser, then Scotty Scheffler after that. $8,000 range, it's pretty clear cut for me on Paul Casey right now. After that, I would rank it Tyrell Hatton, which I wouldn't play them together, right? I'm not playing Hatton and Casey together because at the very best, they'll face each other in the round of 16. We don't want that because then no matter what, one of them can't keep going on and playing two or three more rounds of golf. So choose one of those two guys. I think that's going to be a really nice upside for you. I'll take Casey there. After that, Neiman and Day look okay, but honestly, not that great. I don't have them getting out of their parents. So a relatively weak 8K range. To the 9K range we go, I would rank it right now the same thing that we just talked about with Paul Casey and Hatton. I would rank it Patrick Reed and Cantley. They will face each other in the round of 16 though, so do not play both of them. I have Patrick Reed winning. If you think it's Cantley, fine, take them, but I would currently rank it right now in the 9K range. Reed, Cantley, and then after that, I would go to Tony Finau 3 and Berger 4. And then in the 10K plus range, I have Bryson and John Rahm going to the championship, so I'm fine playing both of them. There's enough value in the 7K range to get to both of them, right? So I like both of those guys a lot. After it, and, and since I have John Rahm winning, I would rank it John Rahm and Bryson in that order. After that, I would probably rank it Dustin Johnson, Rory, and Justin Thomas in that order. Xander at $10,000 flat. He's going to be a guy who picks up ownership. He honestly has a pretty relatively easy side of the bracket, but I'm not choosing him to get out of the round of 64 from a game theory and trying to fade that ownership right off the bat standpoint. So to recap, you're going to be having a par 71, 7,100 yards on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're going to be put into these four groupings right here. So let's just look at group five on the screen right now. Bryson, Tommy Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim, and Anton Rosner, have no idea who that is, are going to be facing each other each of those first three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. After that, if sudden deaths are needed, they'll do a sudden death round and you'll have your final 16 guys. They will do two rounds, the round of 16 and the round of eight. So the sweet 16 and the elite eight, if you will, on Saturday, and then two more rounds, the final four in the championship on Sunday. So the winners, the guys who are in the finals, who I have it as Bryson and John Rahm right here, these guys will potentially, if they get there, will have to play seven rounds of golf in five days. It's a lot. It's enduring. There's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some withdrawals for sure. But come the weekend, it will be down to 16 golfers. We can check back in with more content on maybe Saturday morning, a live stream before the golf starts, maybe even Friday night. So thank you for tuning in. I know this was kind of all over the place, a little bit more wacky than usual, but that's what it comes down to. There's strategy to this. Do not be taking the same guys in their same groupings. If you're taking guys who are in their same initial four-person four groupings, you might as well throw your money out the window. I'm being dead serious. You might as well throw it out the window. And honestly, try and stay away from guys that are in the round of 16 together. Try to stay away from putting guys like Paul Casey and Hatton in your lineup. So many guys this week will be rostering Paul Casey and Hatton because they're both cheap and they'll say, oh, I've got a great lineup now. No, one of those guys is not going to be playing on Sunday, and one of those guys is only going to be playing one round of the golf on Saturday. You will not be winning, and odds are you will not be cashing in those lineups because of that. Try and get guys who you think have the ability, based on the way the bracket's laid out, to go to the Elite Eight, and then obviously guys who can go to the Final Four and win the whole damn thing. So thank you for tuning in. This was a wacky, wacky event for sure. It's a match play. It's a ton of fun. It's totally different. Thanks for tuning in to WGC World Golf Championship this week. Like and subscribe before you go. Check out the projections and tools that we have down below on Patreon in the description. If you want to use this bracket. It's made by Rick Game and Rick Run Good on Twitter. He actually pinned it up on his Twitter. I can put the link to that Twitter and his video in the description below. Be sure to check out everything Rick has going on. And if you want to support the sponsor of the show, Prize Picks, they support us, so I appreciate that. You can sign up using the code SAL. It's a nice player props over under. You can take the over unders on fantasy points. If you have any questions on specific fantasy point props, just reach out to me for golf or any other sport. Use that code SAL, S-A-L, and you'll get a free money bonus up to $100 rooskies. You all rock. I appreciate it. I need some water because we just yabba dabba dude for so 
much time. You all rock. See you in the next one. Stay safe out there and best of luck in this wacky, wacky golf event.